0: the the message that I I just have to share and it's probably quick it probably not if it's me but it's it's cutting through the clutter and uh, I've been talking a lot lately about about hearing God's voice and about him speaking to us and those kind of things and I, I think one of the reasons is the question that I've been asked and I've said this a few times lately the question I've been asked more and more lately is is this question how do I hear from God I mean, people like that, they'll stop me, and that's one of the... They don't say, like, you know, uh, where is, uh, you know, Micah in the Bible? They don't say, you know, what was Malachi really thinking, you know, in that particular scripture? What, what was God really saying in, in John in this particular area when Jesus was speaking? Those aren't the... We don't get those theological questions very often as pastors. Many times the question is as simple as, how do I know what God is saying? I I I I can't hear his voice. I, I don't know how he's leading me. I don't know how he's guiding me, and and I and I, and I don't know what to do, and that that becomes a very desperate situation, for all, for all of us. Uh, there are, there are times in in my life where I where I know I, I'm I'm seeking God because I, I need an answer. We all know that His Word says, "Ask and He'll answer," and if we need wisdom, He'll give it to us, and you know if we seek Him, we'll find Him, and all of those Scriptures they're, they're true, but. Uh, sometimes we 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 sit before me and god come on talk to me i'm in church for goodness sakes right i mean sorry this i I am so anal it's it's just got to be just right so there without that camera back there it's freaking me out so (laughs) some of you don't know me like that but i got to be everything's got to be in any way i'm a little weird that way but we we have this we have this mentality you know that 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 God's going to talk to me because I'm in, I've come to church to hear God. And, and I'm, not, I'm not doubting that because we do come to church to hear God. And, and there are plenty of times that we leave this place and something that was said from the pulpit or something that the Spirit of God spoke to you in this place meant something and hit you right where you were in your life and in your heart. How many times people are coming out the door not just being nice to say, oh, great message, Pastor, but saying, you know what, that's exactly what I needed to hear today because I'm in that situation in my life. Well, those are, hey, praise God. God speaks to us in those moments and in those times. But there are a lot of times we're wandering around in our daily lives and we're saying, God, I need you to, I need you to speak to me. You don't have to run to the church. You just have to run to him. You know, we don't have to wait till Wednesday night. We don't have to wait till Sunday night. We just have to listen more than what we speak, I think. And the, the, the message that he began to, to give me or show me was this, I, I seek his voice, and I, 2014's coming, and 2013's almost to the end, but it's not over yet. It's not over yet. We've still got a few days left, 27 more days in this year. God's got something for you in these 27 days. I don't know what it is, but I'm telling you, if you'll listen, if you'll follow him, he has something for you. He has something for you for 2014 for you to get ready, for you to begin to prepare And God's not a God that doesn't tell you things. He says in Isaiah that that is there not going to be a new thing that springs forth? And then right after that, he says, will I not tell you? He will. He'll tell you that thing. But I think because of the clutter and the noise that we operate in, many times it's difficult to hear. And At the beginning of the year in January, we started off uh, talking about discerning the voice of the Holy Spirit. We used the Jensen Franklin book that we kind of went through a little bit. Uh, right plan, right 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 place, right people, right plan. Uh, it was about discerning the voice of God and hearing the voice of God and listening and obeying and being and following the Spirit of God as He leads us and as He guides us, so that we do end up in the right place at the right time. You know, with the right folks and. As we went through that particular message, or that set of messages, it was setting us up for this year of following after Him. And not that I'm going to preach all those messages again here at the end of the year, but this is similar to that. But, but it's, a, it's just a little bit different. The still small voice that the Holy Spirit speaks to us by is it, it's, it's still and small. And it comes in Romans eight fourteen. It says, those who are the sons and daughters of God, I add daughters, but those who are the sons of God... I had mature sons of God as well. They are the ones who are led by God's Spirit. And it's a process that we learn to be led by the Spirit of God, to understand what that maybe green light is, that that, that thing on the inside of us that gives us peace, that says, I don't know why I'm doing this, but there's peace in my heart to do this. Or the thing that says, stop, you know, and say, don't go any further, but it looks like a golden opportunity. Don't do it. You can't get peace in your heart. Don't go past that. We talked a lot about that in the beginning of the year and you can go back and check out those messages you know they're Wednesday night messages all through January but but tonight the 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 thing that God began to show me in the word was how he separated people to lonely places to tell them specific things and so don't everybody get up and go outside and God's going to speak to you in the parking lot and we're all in here but it, it it was It was this thing that says, you know, sometimes God sets us apart a little bit to talk to us and tell us some things. I'm not saying one thing's more important than the other. I'm not saying that that he has to separate you to tell you something that you're going to get. I just know that there are instances all through the Bible, Old Testament and New Testament, where God took somebody someplace and told them something. And I know in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and when I say we need to listen more than we speak, right? We have how many ears? Two, and one mouth, so listen twice as much as we talk. That's, and if you're a man, listen five times more than you talk. It's just better for you. Uh, so uh, it says in 1 Thessalonians five sixteen through 18, and this was a scripture I struggled with for, for a long time in my life because I wanted, to be, I wanted to be like this. It says rejoice, you know, in the beginning in 16. It says rejoice. You know, rejoice always, and then it says pray without ceasing, and then the 18th part is the giving thanks to God, but it was the pray without ceasing part that I couldn't quite come to grips with. I I thought that made me like, if I could get to that point, man, I'd be like, that would be the, I would be, I, I would be like super spiritual, that if I could pray without ceasing, but then I realized I have to go to work. And I have to live my life. And I have to do business with people. And I have to talk to folks. And, and how can I be praying and and, and and just sharing with God the things that are on my heart and speaking out of my mouth those things and, and still be doing all the rest of the stuff? And what God began to show me and what I learned through that process and that maturing time was that it's not just the things that come out of my mouth, but it's, it's the attitude of my heart. And that as, as, I, as, I, as I put myself to follow after him... Those things are going on on the inside of me. I am meditating His Word. I may not be speaking it out of my mouth, but I am praying. I am believing God's best. Underneath my breath, most of the time, i would be praying in the Spirit as I went through my day or as I go through these moments and times. I just All of a sudden, I said, God, teach me how to be like that. Help me. Change me. Mold me. Shape me somehow in Your image so that I could be like this verse, so that I could rejoice and so that I could pray without ceasing. And I know many of us are like, man, I ain't got time to be sitting in my, you know, at my altar in my prayer closet and just prayerless. No, 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 this is a, this is a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle and an attitude of prayer. Because many times we say, I don't even know what to say to God. Just talk to him. Just, just talk to him. He, you know, I've heard him say, hey, man, what are you doing? He didn't say, oh, John Allen Skelton. I mean, it wasn't like he had to, you know, I mean, it was, man, what are you doing, stupid? You're right. I am maybe he doesn't talk to you like that but i believe that's why i pray i want to i want to hear your voice in a way in which i understand i want to see your spirit move in a way in which i i i understand and i can receive and i can follow and in first thessalonians it says pray all the time and so i thought well if i can, if i got to listen to what god says how can i pray and listen at the same time and that right there is our is is our our issue in my life i don't get in trouble I don't find myself in weird situations. I don't find myself struggling because I pray too much. It's because I don't listen enough. See, I've I've got this praying without ceasing thing down. And here's the deal. Here's what happens. If we get into trouble, if we find a tight place, if if we're being squeezed in the left and the right and the top and the bottom, we pray really hard. But we tend to pray more than we listen. And, and I know that God wants to, if we're praying for the answer, shut up and let him tell you. Does that make sense? Man, I've just been doing nothing but praying and worshiping and praising God. Well, have you been quiet? Well, no, I've got to tell him all these things. <laughs> shut up a minute. Marie, come on, girl. No, just kidding. It's not Marie's problem. But you know as well as I do. We get pressured. The stress comes. And we need an answer. And so what do we do? Then we start asking God. And then we start thinking to ask God. And then we we never stop and and listen. Because when I stop and listen, he tells me. You don't know how many times I I say, God, do you know that today is Saturday? We have church tomorrow. There's going to be a lot of people who are going to show up. And I'm an idiot, so they need something from you that's going to hit them right where they are. And so I continue to watch HGTV with Elizabeth. We know all the home and garden shows. I read the paper praying, God, give me, maybe there's something in the paper. (laughs) You know, bounce off the page. Maybe it'll be something about the way this guy did this house. Maybe there'll be something here, something there. I just go about my day, you know, but I, I, then I begin to stress, and I begin to get a little bit more like, oh, man, it's 11 o'clock in the morning. Oh, it's noon. Oh, it's 1 o'clock. Finally, you know what I've learned to do? Go in my office and shut the door and be real quiet. And it never ceases to amaze me. I, mean, I guess it does. It does say, I just, it just absolutely, I'm so dumb. I, I mean, I go through all of this to go to a place where I get real quiet and shut the door, and God just begins to speak to me. Then you know what I do? I start saying more stuff, and I can't hear him anymore. (laughs) Be patient. I have somehow, and I'm not claiming this for my, somehow I have become like shiny things that they attract. I I used to be able to focus on stuff for like hours and hours. Now I can't. I I put my phone up, and by the time I open it up and I do my code, I can't remember why I opened it up. I'm not alone, am I? And so I'll, I'll be in my office and I'll finally shut the door and I'll finally get quiet and God will begin to speak to me and I'll be saying, That's really good. And He'll say, Shut up, there's more. And I'm like, Okay, I got you. You know, it's like I'm writing as fast as I can and typing as fast as I can. Bing! You know, oh, I got an email. Hold on, let me check my email. I mean, we jump in and out. I mean, come on. Am I alone in this? I mean, we. and then I'm saying, well, God, where'd you go? You got me like this far. What happened, man? Well, you went from the email to the text. For some reason, I clean. I never clean anything. But in that moment, I'll clean the whole room. I'm dusting stuff that's never been dusted. Why? I don't know. it's true. You you will do some of the worst chores in the world if it comes down to that thing and being quiet and sitting alone with God. Not all the time, but many times. Not because we don't want to. I don't have a reason for it. Oh my goodness, I need it. And I know I need it. But that's usually the time I say, you know, honey, I'm going to clean out the gutters. And she's like, well, it's 12 o'clock. Church is in less than... you got to go to church. you going to get the ladder out? Where does all that come from? Uh, the enemy, man, he stirs up distraction. He stirs up all of this stuff in our lives. And if, and if we won't be still... Now I understand, In our, I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit leads us by a still small voice on the inside. And that as you mature... In your walk with Jesus Christ, you become more in tune with that with that leading of the Holy Spirit. And, and you can be in the middle of them all, and he can begin to take you one direction or the next direction. You can, you can know he's showing you something or telling you, that is, I am not, that is true. That happens all the time. That's how he leads us. That's how he guides us. But I know there are special times where he wants us to sit down and be real quiet before him because he has something to tell us. And that's usually when the dog throws up on the cat, and the cat runs up the drapes, and it hits the candle, there's a fire, there's all kinds of things that go on. Put the fire out, the puke will still be there, go see what God had for you to say. Listen to that still small voice. We're, we're restless folks, man. And so what do we do? We pray more. And if that, you know what I do if that doesn't work? I, t- I put my headphones on, and I just start worshiping. And you know, you cannot cannot hear from God when you're worshiping. Believe it or not. Now, we hear from God many times when we worship. But there are lots of times where we worship and we don't hear from God. Because how difficult is it to hear when everything's coming out of our mouth? I'm not saying don't let it come out of your mouth. I'm saying as praises arise, His glory comes down. Let it come down some. Open them up a little. Elizabeth. now we are kind of we're a restless group. Uh, she, she has been this way. she tells me since she was little. She's a tough woman to sleep with. She moves a lot until she falls asleep. But she likes to lay her head on my shoulder. Well, I, I like to read. But she, it's like all of a sudden she has ants in her pants and things are moving constantly. She's moving her legs and head and, and making noise, and my book's falling over. And i just so you know, I've I've kind of just like learned to just like deal with it, you know. And she's she's until she all of a sudden she stops and she's asleep. Oh yeah, I mean like three minutes. Like she's done that got passed on to rachel now rachel was smaller so i learned how to deal with her i can't do this to her but when rachel was she was the same way man she would move constantly but if you could catch her and then wrap her up for about 30 seconds she'd fall asleep but she would never sleep unless you could you could really literally like hogtie her down and get her stuck megan would fall asleep in the middle of a circus <laughs> We've been having a party at our house and look over and Megan was like, where's Megan? Oh, she's like literally in the couch. She like, she's like sunk down in the couch and sleep and everybody's having a party. It's six o'clock in the afternoon, right? It's seven o'clock, she's asleep. But see, we get real restless like that. All God wants to do is just say, hey, whoa, whoa. Come here a minute, shh. Shh, just listen. Just let me show you something. So I didn't hear anything. begin to write down those things that come up on the inside. God will develop them. It's not going to be a whole narrative. It may not be the entire story, but it's it's going to be a piece. It's going to be a part. Like God took Abraham in chapter 12 of Genesis, and, and he took him, he took him, and he said, listen, boy, you need to get away from your family and your friends. I'm not telling you all to leave you. Everybody says, amen, I hate my family. But he's not telling you, know, it's clutter, it's noise, stuff, people, history. I, I don't know. I'm not telling you that's God. Now, listen, God, I'm not saying God's speaking that to you, so don't go off and leave your family hanging or anything. I mean, don't. He's called you to them folks. But I do know he said, go on out there. And then in chapter 15, he was speaking to Abraham, and he said, you know what? Come outside of the tent out here into the dark with me that's when he took him outside in this quiet place and he said now look at all the stars in the heavens that's what it's going to be like with your descendants joshua in chapter five he says he's, he's looking at jericho It doesn't say he's around a bunch of people. It just says he's looking at Jericho. And then as he turns to walk, the angel of the Lord is there. And he falls on his face before the angel of the Lord. And he says, take off your shoes. The place that you stand is holy ground. Takes off his shoes. Quiet. Isolated place. And then he begins to tell him, this city's been given to you. And this is how you will take the city some of you have been wondering how will we do it and in your head you're you're running through all the issues and the things and you're praying god show me god tell me god do this god is it this god is it that god how about that if i could just get this going on god things would be great and god saying would you just it's holy ground abraham moses joshua think about moses it says that there was a burning bush that talked to him. But where was the burning bush? The backside of the desert. He was tending his, his father-in-law's sheep, and he had taken them around the mountain to the backside of the desert. What's that? It's a lonely place. Isolated. Why? Because he wanted to tell him something. He didn't want him to be distracted. So he lit a bush on fire. <laughs> That'll draw your attention. But then when, 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 the, when the children, of it, they all come out, and they're all out in that place, and that mountain is right there, what does God do? He has, he, has, he has Moses come up into the mountain, and he talks to Moses. Separate. He talked to Moses in front of the people. He talked to Moses at different places, but there were times. Talk- he came down off the mountain with the Ten Commandments. That was a he and God moment up there. God could have given him the Ten Commandments. While he was having dinner. But he chose this portion in this moment in time to go that direction. Before they had built the tabernacle of meeting, he made a tabernacle of meeting. And he put it, he says he put it, it's in Exodus chapter 33. It says he put that tabernacle or that tent that he called the tabernacle of meeting where he went to meet with God. He put that way outside the camp. Why? Because the camp was all messed up because of the idol and all the people and all the things that were starting to happen. There was a place. And he would go there. And he would sit in that place. And he told God, we don't want to go anywhere without your presence. And God said, you won't have to go anywhere without my presence. I will be with you. And in my presence, you will have rest. It says when he went out there, people stood at the doorway and watched. Because they were like, he's going to go talk to God. God's going to tell him something. He's going to come back, he's going to tell us. I mean, that's how, that's, there's going to be a moment in time where God wants, he wants to separate you for a moment to talk to you and to tell you something and to show you something. When it, you go into the New Testament, and you go to Mary. You know, it's Christmas time, and it says that the angel of the Lord began to tell her all of these things that were going to happen, and that she had been chosen, and she was highly favored, and that that she would be the one who brought the Messiah into the world. But it says in in, in like verse 22 or something of chapter 1 in Luke, it says, and he came in to where she was. He came into the house. He didn't take her out into the courtyard in front of all these people and proclaim this thing over her but he took her in this quiet place and he told her what he was going to tell her. What's your quiet place? I'm telling you, it could be right here. In, In this house, he could be speaking to you something right now. I believe it, man. I'm telling you what, I've told you years and years and years and years. I bring a piece of paper and stuff with me all the time. When we have afternoon prayer, we have whatever it is, we, you know, I, I, bring, I bring stuff with me. Why? Because God talks, man. When you, when you sit before him and get quiet, he talks to you. Yes. He shows you stuff. And I'm, I, like I said, I turn my phone on and I press the buttons. I can't remember why I turned the phone on. So I know when God speaks, I've got to write it down. Paul in Galatians. He just gave me all these examples. Just, I mean, there's a, there's a bunch of them. But Paul in Galatians. In chapter 1. He's speaking to the Galatians and he's telling them, Listen. These things that you hear me say, I did not learn them from flesh and blood. I learned them through the revelation of Jesus Christ. He was, he was highly advanced in Judaism. He was the one who was persecuting all the, all the Christians, right? But he knew all the stuff. He, 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 he knew it. He said he had, ran, he had gone to the ranks, gone to the top of the ranks of Judaism. He had risen that far in his, in, his, in his natural life. But because of a conversion that he had with Jesus and the revelation that came with that in the desert that he's about to tell them where he went, because of that revelation, now he has this new authority and anointing to speak the word of God with conviction, to bring the truth onto the scene. And he said, when, when I was converted, and when things changed in my life, and it happens really in a, in a passage of Acts in chapter 9, between like verse 22 and 23, is this portion of time, and that's one verse, but it covers three years of his life. He says, I did not go to confer with flesh and blood. I went to the wilderness. I went into Damascus. And I went and I sat at the feet of a God Almighty, and I allowed Him to pour these things into my heart. And it's because of the revelation that I had there, because of the revelation that I've learned, and receive from Jesus Christ. That's why I can stand here today and proclaim this truth to you. Well, why does he say that? Because they're probably saying, like many of them did in the book of Acts, hey, hey what do I need to do to have that? Can I buy it? Can I, how, how can I have that power? How can I have that anointing? See, because people want, listen, this is what you do. You get real quiet before him, and you let him change you. We don't like to be quiet. We fill the noise. We fill it with noise. We have been trained in our world, right, to operate with noise. We've been trained, and think about it, man. You, maybe not you, but your kids. You've yelled at them like crazy, too, because they're trying to do their homework, yet they have their earbuds in. They're watching TV, <laughs> laptops up, and they're texting. I had kids tell me all the time, can we, can we listen to music? Because I can't, I can't study without music, man. <laughs> no, just study learn to be quiet can't can't we've, we've raised a generation of young people who, who can't who can't rest who can't be quiet except for rachel she slept 42 hours on that trip she she got no kidding we got to covington on the way home now we had been in this truck of daniels forever We were 12 hours, 12 and a half hours to Oklahoma City, another four hours to Dallas, four hours back, 12 hours home uh, in a four-day period. We got to Covington on the way home. So we're like an hour from home. She peeks her head up and says, well, this has been a great trip. (laughs) This has really gone fast, she said. Well, yes, because you've slept the entire time that we've been in this car. But we've, other than her maybe, we've raised this generation of young people, man, who, ha, who have to have 50 gadgets and 50 things going on. And, and so we've adapted to that too. How many of you, you know, you watch TV and you look through the computer and you scroll on the internet or you read through on your iPad, you do those kind of things? I do as well. But when it comes to hearing from God, those are the things that really stop us. Those are the things that, that's the noise and the things that are going on around us. That's the clutter that's happening. That's when people come to me and say, I can't hear God. I don't know what he's saying. I don't know how he's leading and guiding me. And I'm not real sure where to go. And what do I do, Pastor? I say, listen, you've got to have an intimate relationship with him. It you, you, you can't be a fly-by-night deal. It can't be here today and, and gone tomorrow. He, he, he didn't, he talked to Moses in all these different ways. But listen, he took him out in the desert with a bush. And then he took him on the mountain. And then he took him to the tabernacle of meeting. He took him to these places because he had things to tell him. But Moses was a guy that was, that was following God and saying, I'm in here today. And when he, got to, when he got to the Red Sea, he said, I don't know, you're the same guy at the bush, man. We're at the Red Sea. What do we do? Lift your hands. All right, dude, I'll do it. And he lifts his hands in the Red Sea parts. Then he goes across there and God says, Listen, I want to talk to you. And he talks to him out of the mountain when all the fog comes down says, Come on up the mountain. I'd be saying, like, uh uh-uh. uh. That's what the people said, no chance, buddy, we ain't going up there. And they're pushing him, you go on up. Because he wanted to get him alone. You want to hear from God, get alone. There's peace that comes with that. Now listen, there's all kinds of misinformation and bad directions and things that are going on. The devil's job is to deceive you. The devil's job is to deceive you, to to take your attention and steal your focus. He's an accuser. He'll get your eyes focused on yourself. He'll get your eyes on your situation. He'll move you left. He'll move you right. He'll get you riled up. You'll get good and quiet sitting there getting ready to hear from God, and all of a sudden you'll remember that, you know what, I didn't plunge the toilet, so off you go to plunge the toilet. The toilet plunging devil's got you. I mean, it's the, it, all of these you got to fight that. I mean, you, got, you, gotta, you have to fight that. You have to fight the bad information. You have to fight the bad direction. You don't, I mean, you're, not, you're, not, you're headed to Chicago. Go to Chicago. If you, if you ask the enemy, if you try to figure it out, if you take misinformation and misdirection, you're not going to end up in Chicago. You're going to end up in Cleveland somewhere. But if you listen to God, if you allow Him to lead you, if you allow Him to guide you and take you into that place, You'll end up in Chicago. And in that place, there'll be rest. In that place, there'll be peace. In that place, there'll be joy. It may be the biggest war zone that you've ever walked into, but it's exactly where God wanted you to be. So you went. In 2011, uh, Pastor Bill took me to uh, the Sudan. And uh, we've always preached and taught, man, the best place to be is where God wants you to be. And uh, I always said, "Dude, that is your that's your thing, man. Knock yourself out." They said, "You know, I really feel like you need to go." So, but I had to get alone. I had to get quiet. I man, you got to know what God says. It's not just like, "Eh, you know what?" Pastor Bill said I should go. I got to know. See, it's not because pastors. It's not because your wife says, It's because you know. See, Abraham didn't lose heart because he knew. Moses, man, he was the leader. He knew that. Why? Because he stood at a burning bush around the backside of the desert all by himself. In Luke chapter 5, it says that Jesus often withdrew to lonely places to pray. It's like 538 or somewhere in there. 528 in Luke. He, he went to these lonely places. If it's good enough for Moses, if it's good enough for Abraham, if it's good enough for Mary, if it's good enough for Paul, if it's good enough for Jesus to go to a lonely place and pray and hear what God has to say and commune with Him in that kind of intimate relationship, is it not good enough for us? You're not going to find your answer in the next TV show the next self-help book Joyce Meyer she's got a lot of good stuff and you may have got answers there before but this may not be the one this not, might not be the time for the next one God may want to tell you this one well Joyce isn't going to happen again until next September yeah but God wants to do something in December today you don't have time to wait till Joyce ain't coming to your house you got to hear from God for you you got to know the truth John 8, 31 and 32. You will abide, he said, in me. Remain. And you will be my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will what? Set you free. You can't hear the truth with all the muck and the mess and the things that's going on in your world. It's difficult. The Holy Spirit speaks to you. There is truth there. I agree. And it happens all the time during your daily lives. But I'm just I'm just sharing with you this word that God... Listen, we're going to have to take some time here at the end of this year, the beginning of this next. We're going to have to take some time, set it aside to go get by ourselves somewhere and, and see what God wants. We need to go out and, and, and be Paul. We need to go out there and say, you know what? I, I What I've learned was not from flesh and blood. It was because of the revelation and the wisdom that I received because of the power of Jesus Christ of Nazareth who was in that place with me. And he showed me... Th- things i had never seen before he told me things i did not know and i heard things that i had never heard before but i know beyond a shadow of a doubt it was him because there wasn't nobody else there <clears throat> excuse me see where's your quiet place where's your time was it shh, shh, shh. have you been fighting it see it says in, J- in john in chapter, my sheep hear my voice, and they, the voice of a stranger they will not follow. It's chapter 10, and it's in those first 1 through 7, 6, 8-ish verses in there, but like 4 and 5 in there somewhere. It says that the sheep, the sheep, they know my voice, and the voice of a stranger they will not follow. It doesn't say they won't hear it, it says they won't follow. Because I think we say, God, make the devil shut up. Make him leave me alone. Well, I do know this. I submit to God. I resist the devil. He will flee. But he's going to come back. You've got to learn how to deal with that. But it says that you have an opportunity to stay connected to him in such a way that you hear his voice and you won't go the other way. You won't follow the voice of a stranger. And that last part, know the truth, stay connected to him. But that last part, hey, if if you need to withdraw and find a quiet place, withdraw, stop fighting it, find a quiet place, and let God be God, and let him talk to you. He can share with you right now in this place, in this room, We're going to stand up and pray, and we're going to worship, and he may talk to you right here as we pray. But he may also take you home and take you out into the backyard, and you're saying, well, it's kind of cold and rainy. Well, I'd rather be cold and wet and hearing from God than warm inside watching Criminal Minds. That's what DVR is for. You can record that and watch it later. Hear from God now.
1: Amen. We hope this message encouraged you. Victory Christian Center is passionate about sharing the love, acceptance, and forgiveness of Jesus. Learn more about us at victorylafayette.org. If you don't know Jesus or maybe you've gotten distracted and stopped following Him, I'd like to pray for you right now. The most important decision you'll ever make involves accepting the love of Jesus and His gift of new life. I'd invite you to make this prayer your own and take this opportunity to begin to follow Jesus. God I ask you to reveal yourself to me I want to know you I ask you to forgive the sin in my life That has kept me from enjoying a relationship with you Give me a fresh start by changing my life And helping me to follow you from this point forward I accept your love through Jesus And I commit to trust your plan for my life It's in Jesus' name that I pray Amen If you've prayed this prayer for the first time Please get in touch with us and let us know To learn more about Victory or to contact us, visit us online at VictoryLafayette.org.